Have you been watching Sister Sister? No, but everybody I've else in my watch- family has. I've been watching, my sister and I were watching a little bit of it the other day, and it's, Jackie Harry is so funny. She, the show is riding on her, at least in like the first season when like Tia and Tamara are, I don't know, nine. (laughs) (laughs) She is so funny. She's like, what? Ray? She's like, I don't know, Ray. <laughs> I mean, icon. She's a real icon She's of this thing. So funny. Hello. And welcome to We Love That. But this week, it's just me, Jerome, and it is a special edition of my podcast, Just Duet. And I have here interviewing in studio my special guest, Kenyon Duncan. And he, we're going to talk about music, and I know that's what you want. So keep listening. <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to a reprise of a very old project, which was Just Duet with Jerome Walker. I'm your host, Jerome Walker. Um, I used to have this pod- My first ever podcasting uh, adventure was my senior year of high school, uh, and I had a podcast called Just Duet with Jerome Walker. It's what you're listening to right now. Um, and I would bring on my friends as guests. Um, and today we have a very special guest in this very special reprise episode. Um, and his name is Kenyon Duncan. Hi. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. But you didn't know it was going to be me. <laughs> um, Kenyon, as you know, but I'm going to explain to you for the sake of our listenership, um, we're doing a little thing where we're talking to each other about, uh, we're doing a little interview of each other, um, which we love. (laughs) Um, But, not but, I'm always saying, you know when you're like, but, but it's like, these are not things that have to be in opposition. You famously taught me that first, honestly. Work. I'm so smart. (laughs) Well, I love to have thoughts that are, congruent with other thoughts that I've already had. <laughs> I actually would say it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, I'll often listen to the podcast <laughs> and react <laughs> the same way that I do. Like, I will say the same thing that I say on the recording because I am the same person. Um, anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, we're interviewing each other, and first up is me interviewing Kenyon, and I figured I would bring back a format that, uh, that, uh, that's tried and true, um, and it is the format from Just Duet. And classically on Just Duet, I would ask, uh, questions that were pretty silly, let's just say that. Um, today most of the questions will not be as silly, 
But I'm going to start with a couple of silly questions. So, Kenyon, are you ready for some classic Just Duet questions? Give it to me. Um, to start, what would you say is your favorite letter? I mean, it's K. That's kind of... I knew you were going to say that. Well, then why'd you ask I me? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but K is just like, K is... It's got everything you want, you know, in a letter. As in, it's got... It's got an up and down line, but it's also got an up <laughs> oblique line, but it's also got an, another diagonal oblique line in a different way, in a different direction. So it's giving you balance, but also like abstract art, I'd say, really. I would actually say that K is a little too angular. Um, it depends on really what script you're writing in, I'm just going to say. Um, interesting. Um, I would say you really want something... Uh, you know, that's got like a hook, like a turn, almost like a swirl, but like an unfinished yeah, swirl. Yeah, so like when I write my case, that's kind of how I do them. Yeah, actually. So oh, a little, oh, like a little oh, swirl oh. at the beginning, and then you're like, ooh, okay. Okay? You got that? Okay? Okay? Repita, por favor. Next. Um, what few people know, a little known fact, is that J and K are actually rivals there actually is a rivalry in the alphabet and it's between j and k um we all know which side is the better side anyway uh <laughs> next question um if you could give a hashtag you know hashtags if you could give them any other name what would you name hashtags oh oh gosh well, hash isn't a good sound. Hash. 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 It feels onomatopoetic in a way that it just is not. Like, it doesn't describe anything that has to do with the sound hash. Right. Hash. Right. Hash. I, it's something, I mean, hashtags just, like, are, like, glorified links. You know? They're just, Work. like, links that we all use to nothing. Actually. <laughs> it's a link to nowhere. But that we're all using. We're all going to use it. this link to nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. And I think link to nowhere is actually the name. <laughs> link to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good answer. Um, final question of, of this section, of the segment, segment. Ooh. Ooh. Um, what would you say is the worst holiday? This is a call out post for the worst holiday. Oh, I'm probably going to like say something bad. <laughs> Well, offensive. do it. Um, <laughs> You've got you on camera. <laughs> this is on the record. I don't know. I guess maybe the, the holiday I enjoy the least is actually probably Independence Day. Wow. Just trying to be diplomatic about it. Or honestly, a diplomatic holiday. Well, I just like, especially, I just can't with this country. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know. I actually really do know what you mean. Um, I really, really do. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. it's like, people are like setting things on fire and I'm all for colors and for fun and for good Well, it's not even, and for it's sunshine. not even an, an equal opportunity in terms of colors. It's Thank very you. red, very white, very blue. What about orange? 
Well, I wouldn't start with orange. <laughs> what about, what's a color that everyone loves? Honestly, blue. But what's a color, what's the next color that everyone loves? Green. This what about absurd. green? <laughs> what is a color that everyone loves? That's the color that everyone question. loves is blue. I have to tell you. What would you say is the color that everyone loves? I know it's there blue, but no please. There is no color that everyone loves. Kenyon, it's blue. <laughs> blue is the color that everyone loves. Are you saying that you don't love blue? I'm saying that black is the color of my true love's hair. Work. <laughs> Work. I just think that blue is everyone's... That's like a thing. That like blue is the color that like... every Like blue is the most popular color. I. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> a hostile interview here. It absolutely off to a really rough, <laughs> rocky start. Um, Kenyon, I, the real um, incentive for this is how you know I'm a good interviewer, said so I'm going to start by talking about myself. The real incentive for these interviews of one another is that I am. I've been working on writing and rewriting some music and thinking a lot about writing music and want to talk to other musicians about their process of writing music. Um, and that is really mostly what I want us to be discussing today. Um, and the thing that always pulls me in is like, you know, when someone asks you like, what is, what's your favorite music? Who's your favorite artist, whatever. And you're like, huh? Like, right. what are, <laughs> um, because like music does different things for different purposes. Like what's my favorite music to put on at a party or what's my favorite music to work out to LOL. I don't work out. Or what's my favorite music to <laughs> like, you know, be driving down the highway to, et cetera. Um, well, I am now asking you, what is the music or just the media in general that when you watch it, when you listen to it, you're like, oh my God, I also, like, I want to create. <laughs> like, I'm seeing this thing that someone has created, and now I want to make things of my own. <laughs> Work. Um, I mean, a lot of things. I love creative things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we love content. Exactly. I mean, for me, I think the biggest ones are probably, like, live experiences, uh, okay. which are hard to come by right about now. Well, yeah. um, but like any any sort of like intimate live music situation, I'm always like, so <laughs> I leave and I'm like, okay, amazing. I'm going to write something right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, especially jazz. I don't know. I just, because it's just it's so jazz. free. It's I love that. It's so free. <laughs> Jazz, I would describe as free. Um, yeah. I mean, but in this like, time of like not being able to go anywhere, honestly, a lot of mm -hmm. visual art. Um, visual art. Yeah. I'm like, like I'm, I'm a big movie person. Um, yeah. And have been for really ever um, because I love looking at things. <laughs> But like on a, site, right? Like yeah. a good, like a well-composed shot, a good image, like a good on-screen. What's the last movie you watched that you were like, oh my God, this is it. 
I just I just rewatched yesterday being John Malkovich. That's on my list. It's good. It's wild. Um, and it <laughs> it addresses so many topics. And it was made honestly now so long ago. It's made in 1999. So it's like people are using <laughs> phones that don't look like phones. And the internet <laughs> doesn't appear anywhere in, in the story at all. Um, wow. But it's just, it's fascinating. It's also kind of about being creative. It's also kind of about creativity. So that's different from being creative <laughs> in some way, but I don't know what I that see. is. Yeah. yeah. I see. Um, what was, okay, when you talk about like live jazz, is this exclusively like live acoustic instruments? Is it uh, jazz combo? Is it big band? Like what are we talking I'll take any of it. Um, but I'm thinking specifically what's coming back to me right now is I was at this jazz camp way back when I was little and like they would invite all these musicians who were established to like come do residencies alongside the camp. And as a part of their residencies, they'd give performances and the campers got to like go to the performances for free after their day of like classes and workshop and whatever. <laughs> um, and those were so much fun. Cause it was like, I would, I would go usually alone. Cause like I was the only person like in my family that had a ticket to this thing. Um, yeah. and it was like intimate, like vocal jazz or like a jazz trio. Um, some, some people came in and like did electronic music stuff, which was interesting. Um, this was like the first time that I heard Becca Stevens. Wow. Wait, that's incredible yeah. <laughs> because Becca Stevens is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just like, so really, really inspiring and like really humble. And because the experiences felt so close because these people, these people were teaching during the day and then like okay. would perform at night and it'd be like, wait, I just like saw you give a class on this. Yeah. You just critiqued me on X, Y, and Z. And now you're on stage and you're sending me. How old were you when this was happening? Uh, like 13? Like early high school, late middle school. Yeah. The the summer between high school and middle school. Okay. And what's the venue? Like, is this like... It's on Stanford's intimate? campus. Is this okay, a Stanford great. jazz camp? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. know all about... Well, I'm a Stanford queen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the last live thing you saw pre-quarantine? Oh, no, <laughs> that's so long ago. I'm like, what was it's I doing so in ago. March? Like February, very early March. Um, oh, Moses Sumney. No way. I didn't know you saw Moses Sumney. Yeah. What was that like? It was amazing. It had the new album already come out? Yes, it had just come out. Okay. Um, And it was wild because... They were free tickets, I think. I think. That's good. <laughs> but it was like to like an undisclosed location Ooh, concert. It was like a... Secret. Secrets. Uh, it was underground. I don't even know. Um, but, you know, you show up to this place and there's a line down the block and you wait and you hope that you're going to get in with this free QR code that's on your phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it's not a prank. <laughs> exactly. But it, it wasn't. And we got in and the room was packed. And it was way too hot. Um, 
And so was he, honestly. Ooh. Because he, he came out and he... Uh, it was very good. <laughs> it was very good. I love that. I love that we've already gotten Becca Stevens and Moses Somni on the table. I mean, I feel like... That's a really great place to start. That's the place to start. Hey. And I say, hey. Hey. Um, okay, what, as we have alluded to, <laughs> we've been in Miss Quarantina. Um, what do you feel like, What what is the work that you want to make right now? As a person who like makes music, makes things, this podcast is a thing that you make. Uh, there's lots of things that one could make <laughs> in theory. Oh, like what? Um, <laughs> what is, what do you want to be making right now? And that could be like, you know, there really is no wrong answer. That can be like, what do you thematically want to be talking about? What do you categorically want to be making? What are you structurally interested in? Wow. Okay. Big question. It is a big question. I mean, I wanna, I want to see some things through to completion, um, cool. which is just a theme for me right now. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I'm thinking about things that I can do, like by myself or with people that are near me or mm -hmm. in my home, <laughs> um, or like people who like I talk to regularly. Um, not trying to like, I'm, I'm always the like, let me bite off more than I can chew and see how to make it happen later person. And I'm really sure. trying to like set that tendency to one side right now and be like, <laughs> I play the piano. Okay. So like you're writing something for the piano. <laughs> um, like really using the tools at hand. Literally. Um, and that like lends itself or is lending itself to like just listening in a different way. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well then if I'm really using just the things that I have, like, well, what are really the things that I have? It's like, oh, I have a microphone and I go on walks. Okay, let's take sounds from my walks. Okay, well, what are you going to do with that? I don't really know. Um, but just like trying to take everyday things and make them like see, see the life in them. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like... Quarantine, I mean, this literally is what quarantine is, but I feel like we're all on our own little, like, desert islands. <laughs> and it's like, you have to make do with what you have. Right. And when they asked you, what would you take to your desert island? <laughs> that question, you know? Like, what, uh -huh. what, like, five albums would you take to your, on your desert island, whatever? I didn't prepare. Right. I didn't grab them. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> you didn't bring the stuff you needed. <laughs> right. Kenny, you are a person who works a lot in like instrumental music. You write a lot of instrumental music. It's funny that we've talked about Moses Somni and Becca Stevens because they are like more obviously lyric based. Um, but like you're a person who does a lot of like instrumental music without lyrics and likes a lot of instrumental music without lyrics. Is that so when you think about that kind of music, I mean, we've talked about like Steve Reich, for instance, like, do you think of that music as having like theme? Like, how do you, how do you think about, or is it purely like a, you know, theory? Not theoretical exactly. I don't know. I please answer the question before I continue <laughs> to ramble on. So I'd give you options to choose from. Work, work. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I kind of sometimes I wish I I thought in words more. Um, sure. <laughs> which is debatable because I guess I do have a podcast, so <laughs> there's that. Um, but sound just comes so much easier. Like just like making noise is feels like there is just like easy expression for me. Um, sure. And I guess I think about instrumental music in terms of like mood and color and like yeah. very abstractly, like shape, atmosphere. Yeah. Things that are like, is that a real thing or are you just saying those words? Well, that's how I think <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, shape, color, these are, I guess, is there a, when you are thinking about shape, when you're thinking about mood, are you thinking about like, when you're writing something, is there something that in particular, is there like a particular mood or color or whatever that you're trying to express? Or is it like, here are sounds that I like, <laughs> like I like these sounds for whatever reason that I like them. And so I'm putting them together here. Word. I mean, I think it's always here are sounds that I like. Sometimes I guess it's here are sounds that like, not that I dislike, but like are challenging me. Sure. Um, but like lots of times it's like, I think this is beautiful. Like, beauty yeah um i mean that's what you know who whichever philosopher it was that said that like art adorns space and music adorns time wow but, like beauty the beauty of sound <laughs> <laughs> um wow i didn't come prepared with all the quotations today <laughs> um i forget who said that i'll look it up but that's good i mean i guess i just like i uh, I like want to evoke things like I'm a, I'm a very like embodied expressive person as I'm doing this. I'm like moving my hands and my face everywhere. Um, very emphatically. And so that's, I think that's like, that's the types of things I create aren't like, I think I get bogged down when I try to make things that are too heady that are like, here's this grand idea. Here's this like thing sure. that I'm plotting out the course of. And I'm, my best creative self. And I'm like, this makes me feel like warm and like, that's what I'm going for. Or this is like, this is like a specific kind of darkness. Um, and then like listening back to that, I'll be like, Oh, well, this is what's going on in my life at this point. These are other things that I'm thinking about. These are other things that I'm listening to reading. Like, okay, this is actually in conversation with other things, but it's like kind of in a post way. Sure. That's really interesting, especially be like thinking kind of classically, kind of like old world instrumental music. It definitely was, even though there was not like, you know, there often was not lyric when you think about like, you know, symphonies or whatever. I don't know. But there is, there was definitely this ethos around it of like, there is a narrative and like, even just in terms of structure, there was like, okay, we have our primary theme and then our secondary theme and then another thing and then the primary thing comes back and it has to come back in a certain key, whatever. And right. when you think about, when I think about like Steve Reich music or some of the music that I've heard you, some of like the original music that I've heard you write, of course that being different from like stuff that you have arranged, like of songs that already exist, that it does not exist structurally in the same narrative way, that it feels more like 
one sound leads to another sound leads to another sound. Um, and I love that because I, I think that it is, you know, so structurally different from like how people, how in the past or how in other realms, like people feel music has to exist or like has to be structured. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I want to talk through how you like, make something you kind of already talked about like how it starts but it could be you you were just saying like it could be a sound that like you really like or something that you're struggling with or whatever like is it that you're sitting and kind of like playing around with something and you're like i want to make this into something more are there ever times when you're like i want to sit and write something today like how does it how does a new piece start for you right I mean, I, that's something I'm still figuring out. I have no, sure. I have no answers for anyone, including myself. Um, <laughs> but I, like one thing I'm trying to, I'm realizing that like one of my strengths is improvisation. Just sure. as a as a performer, like lots of my, I think lots of my writer brain is actually like my performer brain in disguise. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to find ways to to just like trick myself into, into performance and then be like, okay, you wrote something. Um, yeah, I love that. Cause I, I mean, my theory is that it's <laughs> like, I feel like people often get put into, we get tricked into thinking that there are two camps, right? right. Um, that like, there are the people who like can like do it the best, like when they're in front of an audience and like just improvising and making it happen. And there are the people who like have to like write it down and set it up first. I love what it sounds like you're proposing, which is like there are formats in which we make things and like we just have to like set it up so that we bring it out of ourselves. Right. Literally setting it up so that we can bring it out of ourselves. Um and like, like especially across the last six months, like un, I definitely ha- had that mindset where I was like, okay, I am a composer and performer, instead mm-hmm. of being like these. I'm just like, is that even a separate thing? Um, and like just tearing down random divisions and creative walls, I think has been honestly the theme of this time for me. When you are when you're working on something, how does this kind of gets back to the structure question, but like, you know, when you think about performing versus composing, like how do you know when (laughs) I sometimes feel like when I'm improvising something that it's like, and now it has been long enough (laughs) that if I finish, if I stop playing, then the audience will clap (laughs) because they will be convinced that it is over. (laughs) Um, But when you're not in front of an audience, I don't know. How do you know when something is done, when you have the opportunity to move things around and like create a structure to something? Like how do you know when a thing is made? (laughs) Right. Um, that has always been a real source of, of like, trouble. Just trouble for me. Yeah, <laughs> because that, like, in my mind, becomes the like, the search for perfection. It's like, okay, this is not done, then it's not perfect yet. And I find myself mm. then like turning on my judgment brain and being like, 
while I'm writing being like, well, is this good? Is this perfect? Is this done? Which then makes it hard to write anything. Yeah. Um, and so I've been trying to like step out of that, but in trying to do that, I've, I'm like, maybe like it's done for today and then tomorrow it'll be different. And like both versions are the, are a version of the piece and they're both done. Sure. Maybe. I love that. I mean, it, it really makes me think about like, you know, why is there a one final version? <laughs> like, right. why is that a thing that we ascribe to? And I mean, I think recorded music has made that so much more a thing than yeah. it could have been earlier. It's like, here's the definitive recording of this piece and like a piece existing as like a sound that you can return to instead of like a piece having to be performed newly again and again and being different, of course, then every time. Right. You were talking a little bit about like the self-criticism element. Um, and we, <laughs> um, we, Kenyon Ooh. is <laughs> making a face. <laughs> um, we were just talking last week about um, talking offline last week about like self-criticism and, identity and like in the music space and like compositional space, at least in the worlds that like we find ourselves to be in often that it's like hard to, uh, I don't know. Can you talk? I want you to talk about this for sure. For sure. Um, I think it really goes along with some of the things that we're already saying. Like improvisation is a really beautiful form of expression. And you find it in jazz music, which you've talked about already as a, that's an inspirational source for me. Um, yeah. But like going to school and, you know, going to school for music, whatever that even means. Um, <laughs> right. You know, different types of music are privileged as being yeah. worth studying. And as such, like different compositional methods, like because we privilege different types of music, we privilege different types of theory about those types of music. And like the implication then is like different types of ways of making sound are better than others. Yeah. And that's really been a major hang up for me, I think. Um, and like in, or, in order to, to find the ways to, to set my own self up, to create the best that I create, I've actually got to embrace these things that other people or other institutions, other teachers of mine, like aren't uplifting. Um, which is kind of wild to like, to realize that like, <laughs> you mean like going to school and studying this, like maybe wasn't actually the best thing for my like personal interior creative life. Not that yeah. it didn't give me certain tools, expose me to new things, expose me to new people, but it also like, it if at least for me like implanted certain like certain white very white notions about like what counts as good yeah um into that judgment brain and so like as i was trying to and as i am trying to just like stop myself from judging my own creative creative output anyway I'm also realizing that like a lots of them, lots of the ways that I was doing that for my own self um, were racialized. Um, and like that fractures like my own creative identity 
because I feel like I do, I straddle different like creative worlds and like grew up, my musical life like starts with black music. So like, how am I to really get in touch with my own creative identity if I'm going to like say that that's not, not allowed in my own creative practice, even though that's all I listen to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That there already is. I mean, we see this play out in so many ways in, in so many spheres to so many people everywhere, but you know, that there already is like, okay, I want to make something. I want to do something. And there is an element of like, do I like, when do I think it's good enough? When do I think it's ready? Then there's like, you know, when does it have an audience? And then there's also the additional, like socially, what is acceptable socially? Like what can I put out? What is, um, what is there space for me to do? Um, and so just thinking about that, like, you know, that identity based racialization of, of element when, you know, all that, you know, you, my experience is that you don't get those things like served individually on their own platters. Right. It's like, you just have the doubt and then you're like, do I trust this? Does that mean I have to change it? Does that mean it's actually good? You know, like, how do you like, (laughs) How, how do you diagnose that like feeling in your stomach, in your brain? That's like, is this good enough? Right. And I don't want to like, I don't want to say that um, we should like just de- deny all the feelings of doubt. You know, sometimes it's like, no, like I know like this could be better or like, I know this isn't what I had envisioned. Um, but I do think that like judging, especially like early judging early creative work is like kind of like artistic abuse. Mm. It's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm here to make things. Other people can listen and judge and adopt and criticize. But I'm like, my job is to like make the thing and the judgment can come after. And sometimes that judgment is my own, you know, it's like, okay, I made something and I put it down and then it's like, okay, I pick it back up and it's like, okay, actually no one else is going to see this. I, it was yeah. just for me. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes you, you make something and you pick it back up and you're like, yeah. And then you throw it to people and they're like, <laughs> uh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is like, which then becomes okay because you allowed yourself to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. And like in doing that, maybe also are allowing for them to like have whatever responses that they have to it. And it's just like, yeah, all things are valid. Have your response. I ha- this was my expression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have been talking with a number of friends recently about like whether it's music composition or just general writing, creating that like in academia at Yale specifically, that was a space of like where there was not a lot of separation between the creation and the feedback. It was like, you know, if you're in a creative writing class or if you're, you know, in a composition course or whatever, like from having the idea to making it and like beginning to like put structure to it and then 
like being in class and like playing performing it and then like also like trying to like sell it to those people to be like okay here's what it's about and here's what i'm thinking about and here's what i'm looking for feedback on what i like that that all gets like wrapped up and tied up together um and again that that is like an ex a space that is not built for everyone to feel equally safe and at play in that, that right. all like piles in together. Yeah. I mean the, it would be so much easy, easier if, you know, you didn't have to ever follow through on doubt or criticism or like <laughs> refine, you know, like if you never had to edit anything, then like you can throw away all of the doubt because it doesn't matter because you never have to like tap into that. <laughs> um, and I mean, but it, again, I'm not saying that editing is terrible or that revision or iteration are they're bad things. Um, but I'm realizing, realizing that for myself, I need to like, I need to start from a place where anything goes and sure, like, let that be like, let that be where I live creatively. And then like everything sure. else can come later like i can put all the hats on at another at another day like yeah yeah giving yourself time to exclusively be creating <laughs> like the writing or making or whatever and like not having to come back and readdress until later right i love that i really love that um okay well i i kind of want to switch into the the next phase which is <laughs> how to <laughs> how you do that feedback how you redress how you like look at things that you've already created i we've often had this conversation particularly in when it comes to arranging um we have this conversation around like like are there enough ideas which kind of me well can do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah can you kind of talk about what that means <laughs> i mean it, it, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a problem of the medium too, where it's like, sure. okay, we're, we're talking about arranging acapella music, which is yeah. already like, okay, so you're taking away the drums and the bass and everything else that I thought was interesting about the song <laughs> and it's still going to be fun and good. Yeah. So like you're taking away all of these like unique and signature sounds. Right. <laughs> and you want me to like it. <laughs> it's a very restrictive project. <laughs> right. And in doing that, I think part of the hope is like, okay, well then we've got to keep it interesting. We've got to keep people engaged. They've got to like right. it, but for, you know, not for what they liked before because it's, it's not there. We took it away. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've got to like it newly. And I think that sometimes comes, and we've had this conversation in the arranging process of like, well, are there, are there, is there enough going on? Like, yeah. are there enough musical ideas, whatever, shape form that takes you know rhythmic melodic harmonic whatever um and that's i think why why you get mashups um mm. it's just like people are like okay well um and uh this works here <laughs> too and you know why make it one soloist when you can have four people that you can look at at the same time <laughs> is that interesting yet <laughs> Do, do I have your attention? Please, take, please keep paying attention. Please. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which part of me is also like, that's not the game I, I really want to be playing with stuff that I write on my own. The like shock, attention grabbing, let me, let me see how long I can hold you. 
Yeah. Um, I know why that is the case in acapella music and also in the case in just content creation in general these days, like our attention is being attacked um, yeah. from everything, social media, our email, our texts, everyone, everything wants our attention. Um, but like, I don't know, I'm not really interested in like the like waving hands, look at me thing. Um, and like one thing I'm interested in musically is like finding places for people to slow down. Um, and like, if I can, like, how can I make like one moment or one musical experience, like be restful, like last for you, be a time where you like slow down and like enjoy something. Maybe it's not even the music that you're listening to. You're looking at like the, the, you know, the beauty of the building that you're in or something. And it's like, oh my gosh, if I can like provide a moment like that, then I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, now I want you to talk about your senior project, just because that feels directly related um, right. to the beauty of the building that you're in. Um, yeah, so my my senior project is this, or was this, I guess I said is this because it's, it's ongoing, um, a project called Music for Strangers. Um, it's like an immersive sound installation um, that I made using the voicemails that people had sent me from 2000. Uh, 14 to 2019 <laughs> um, which is which is like Kenyon why do you have all those voicemails <laughs> what I that's the what I listen to going back to like what you have on hand I'm very like yeah. um, okay well I have these things so I guess let's yeah. do something um, and the the form of the piece um, it's like it's, it's slow moving um, and it's an installation um meaning that kind of like sits in a space in a room and it runs and you can like come in, you can stay a while, you can talk during it, you can leave, you can come back. It'll still be running. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so the music, like the sound isn't, isn't trying to demand all of your attention. Um, at least I hope um, there, there are maybe interesting things going on in the sound I'll leave that to the people who listen to it. Um, but I was more interested in like making, making a space for people to like just come together and, and have moments. Um, and that's why it's called music for strangers. Like the idea of like meeting, meeting something new in a space, like here's a space where you go to like encounter something strange. Maybe that's a strange thought in yourself that like you hadn't listened to because you hadn't taken a second Maybe that's a stranger as in like a person that isn't in the space with you as well. Um, but I, I like that idea of like of, of making space through sound, like constructing rooms out of like sonic material rather than like physical material. Yeah. I am. I want to ask you about. Obviously we've talked about this already um, that live music as we have known it does not exist right now as a sidebar. I just, <laughs> I hate when people are like, it's never going to come back. Cause it's like, don't say that. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, ew, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like what a hopeless thing of you to say. <laughs> yeah. What a hopeless thing. So like, yes, we will get like, you know, everyone will be crowded into a friggin' concert hall or 
ven music venue or whatever, it will happen again, and we people will hate it and forget how much they missed it now. Um, but in the meantime, um, I'm thinking about something like music for strangers as a thing that like exists with a different venue than how we, you know, typically think about like going to take in music, going to receive music in a club or at a venue or at a concert hall or whatever. Mm. Um, what do you think that, you know, what, what changes after, after the pandemic when we are thinking about, space and shared space in such a different way or with such a newfound appreciation or whatever, like what does that, what does that open up for you in your brain? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good question and it's so hard to imagine the future as things are changing so fast. Um, and even just being open to like, I'm, I'm finding out every day about like new ways of trying to digitally collaborate. And it's like, Oh, I didn't know about this. I hadn't invested my energy. So I'm not trying to, I don't want to say that anything is gone forever. Like you're saying, um, yeah. Or that we know all there is to know about what we can do now. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, that like this time is maybe asking for us to, I think we might come up with a de- new definition of what counts as music um i mean i like i love experimental electronic music so i'm already in the realm of like ooh, yeah this computer static like yes i love this sound <laughs> go off <laughs> um and i'm like yeah all sound is music i'm there some people are like no like you have to there has to be some intent some construction some something behind it um and i think that like all of that is fine wherever you land on that spectrum of definition but i do think that like that this time will push that for us i think culturally i'm thinking of like towns that have have been boarded up that are you know ghost towns businesses that have been closed shops that are dead subways that are running less frequently and like if there's a day that that comes back a little bit like that will be music to your ears Oh my God. You know what I mean? It'll be like, oh my gosh, like. I do know what you mean. Like, I can hear the city moving. Like, I can. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that'll yeah. that'll be sound that, like, gives you something. And I think that's actually brilliant and beautiful. And I, I think the sound of the environment is something that will, hopefully this time will make us, us pay attention to more. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um... I told you this at the time, at the beginning of the summer, I was involved in some of the protests and uh, organizing around Black Lives Matter. Um, And after having spent like, you know, from March to June inside, like not ever around more than like three or four people at a time, that like the feeling of like being outside in the sun and like hearing lots of people around me and like everyone's like working on their own thing and doing their own thing. Like the thing it immediately reminded me of was pride. And I like had this <laughs> like really excited reaction. And then of course, you know, it's like there is a lot that is sobering and a lot that is like really somber and serious about sobering, somber and serious about why we are gathered here today. 
Um, but I absolutely understand what you like. I love thinking about that. Like the next time, think about the next time that like you're dancing at a club, like it could be literally the worst DJ in the world and it still will be like, this is incredible. What, like the sound of literally traffic. Music. Yeah. Like, like the sound of like people like on Friday night eating dinner, like outside of restaurants, like the clinking of yeah, glasses. Yeah, the sound of a crowded restaurant, the sound of like silverware all like clacking and clinging and like people talking over each other. Yeah. Um, and also I think right now we're hearing different sounds too. Like at least people in my neighborhood before these terrible fires in California, everyone was going on walks and yeah. it was like more people that I'd seen from my neighborhood at one time than ever before spending time outside yeah. And doing that, like, we're, we hear different things, like, uh, as opposed to, like, you know, spending our times in, inside buildings and inside cars. Um, being outside, it's like, wow, okay, the wind through the trees. Um, like, the sound of certain bugs. And, like, getting to know the sound of your environment. I think people maybe have had more of an opportunity to do that now. Um, and those sounds will mean something more to people after this experience. Yeah. Um yeah, I love that. Wow, appreciation of sound. I really, such a very warm spot in my heart for that. Um, okay, last thing I want to ask you. Everyone always says, you know, who is your dream collaboration, whatever. I kind of don't like that question, so I'm making it a little bit more specific. <laughs> Thank you. Um that like, as you look out into the world, as you are consuming things, um, et cetera, what is the, like, what is the project that you're like, oh, I want to like work on this. I want to work on your next thing. Or like, I'm seeing what is happening here and I want to be a part of like, a part of that. Like these, this is the space. These are the, this is the community. These are the people that I want to be like making making things with <laughs> oh wow that's hard <laughs> um it's hard because people do amazing things everywhere you're right um and so it's like a good hard thing <laughs> um there's so many there's so many i'd like too many things um Give me a handful. Give me a yeah, sample. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, there's an artist named James Zhu. James okay. Zhu, but one word. Um, who, like, I think is, like, a self-described, like, computer musician. Um, really jazz-influenced. Um, plays keys. And, like, just, like, makes all these experimental sounds. Like, sounds with, like, you know, test and measure equipment and, like... You know, random stuff. Stuff I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. I recently came across, he he put out an album maybe in 2016 um, called Fool and really challenging to listen to, honestly. Uh, like lots of moments where it's like, mm, that's ugly. That's ugly sound. <laughs> um, yeah. Next to moments where it's like, somehow that was really beautiful and that, that like contrast is making me spin. Um He's from the Netherlands. There's like a, a big kind of computer music scene uh, in the Netherlands and in Berlin, um, 
which he also like is a part of. Um, he, anyway, he releases this album. Um, and then just last year did a whole basically cover of the album, but with the Metropole Orchestra. Um, and so it's like the merger of these electronic and orchestral sounds. And I was like, that is, that is amazing. And like lies at the center of so many things that I love, like being, being a person who's like grown up, you know, performing in concert halls, but also like listening and loving um, jazz and other black and, you know, popular vernacular music, like hearing like a, like a road keyboard solo in the middle of like this crazy orchestral texture. That's all like an imitation of like these wild electronic sounds that he made is like that. Like, how did you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. I want to be a part of that. Um, another artist is um, this graphical artist. Um, his name is Rafik Anadol. Um, he's like pretty established. Um, and would, which means what? Like is a professor and like has exhibitions everywhere and sure. has like a kind of a crew that like works on his projects. Um, a composer that he collaborates with a bunch of data scientists that he works with because his work is in, um, like data mapping and visualization. So he'll take like, okay in this age where we're like making all this data and companies are using it really against us. Um, Correct. He will take these, these big databases um, and map those parameters to visual elements and make these really interesting, like kaleidoscopic visual installations that are projection based uh, mostly. And then like they get accompanied by sound installation work. Um, Just like, Mind-bending, like space-altering, um, yeah, cool things that that like feels like it's making art out of this like very soulless, ex- like data-driven tech thing that we're all living in, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. My God, I think that that is extremely cool. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, and it, it again feels like, I don't know, it, this all is appreciation of sound and you and I are, are people who love sounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that, I don't know, in the same way that like, you know, Mozart or whoever was like, oh, I'm going to try to replicate the sound of the nature that is around me. Like, to look around and say we're surrounded by all this technology and data. And like, that is to where our music should come from. Like those are the sounds that we should look to. Um, I have to send you this Nara soul piece because she wrote this like a minute and a half, like it's for like keyboard and synthesizer. And then she wrote like an arrangement of it for piano and it's, very good. I don't have to send it to you. <laughs> Work. Um, Kenyon, I loved this. <laughs> this is so fun. Um, this is so fun, and we will have we will have to check in on it later. Work.
Um, Thank you for having me. I've never been on Just Duet before. It's really been yeah. a dream of mine and it's now finally coming true. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are we won't be making a uh, a duet as is typical for Just Duet. Um, but it'll we should rain check on that. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, we are, but <laughs> <laughs> we can't really talk about that yet. Anyway. <laughs> Um, until next time. Peace. On the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, work. We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Okay, I have to read you two tweets from Jack A. Harry. First one. I'm advocating for reparations, and the window of opportunity might be right now at the height of the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement. We need a program that gets money back into communities of color. I explained why on at Miss Vivica Fox's podcast. Get into it and get on board. That's the first tweet. Work. Also, I didn't know Vivica had a podcast and that we hadn't been invited on already. Girl, you know me, Vivica. (laughs) This is the second tweet. Sometimes you need hot Cheetos and whiskey for breakfast and you don't even question it. (laughs) (laughs) 